yeah, bat, being back in the Stone Ages is is nice. No no cameras. Everything's hardwired. It's perfect. This is we're podcasting as God intended us to podcast, John. Exactly. That's right. Just as <laughs> precisely as the Lord had intended. Speaking of uh, of podcasting, John, we should probably do do the podcast that do the pod- Lord intended us. Do a podcast. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah I think yeah. I'm. I think I am basically yeah at spec hardwired across at the proper USB mm-hmm. protocol that nice. <laughs> that was spoken of in the Bible. That means we're good to go. Let's do it. Welcome to the F1 Files, folks. This is our Formula One podcast. This is just uh, uh, a cute little podcast um, uh, put on by a couple of best friends who have loved the sport of F1, even when it does not love us back or is just like kind of ignoring us and not giving us all those juicy, juicy details and topics that we need. I'm one of the hosts. My name is Corey Willis. I'm an actor, writer, improviser out here in Los Angeles, California. That's right. I switched it up, John. I'm an actor now because I was just acting all weekend. That's right. That's right. Master thespian himself. (laughs) Uh, And this is uh, is your other host. My name is John Lepore. I'm a creative consultant designing the future for film, technology, and automotive. Um, All right. So uh, we've got another relatively mellow week mm-hmm. in the off season um maybe just to start off did you catch any other uh follow up or any other ripples from last week's big news of Gunther Steiner leaving Haas no not really um i did see uh like th- i think the race.com or someone uh, some reputable journo uh, did like a long form interview with uh, with with Homeboy with Komatsu with with um, the new oh yes team yeah principal. I did see that um, so that it just seems like he is like a very uh, low key in front of the camera person yeah uh, I mean it, I I saw multiple either interviews uh, either you know video or text. Where like it's just like okay, this guy is gonna get really tired really soon of just being like, I'm not your new Gunther Steiner. I'm yeah, not please. that dude. I'm <laughs> yeah, not yeah. an entertainment product. I'm not an accidental yeah. entertainment product. No, I'm just here no. to do my job. Yeah, I am an engineer, and I just want to do better. Um, Does anyone in the room have questions that are not related to me focusing on a drive to survive career? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I love whoever was doing that spot was like, so I don't think we're going to see uh, um, uh, him ending up over at like uh, Matea Bonanno's vineyard at any time in the near future. And I was like, oh, good. Yeah, good. I don't, we don't need that. We don't need that content of, just two people driving around in cars being kind of uninteresting. Um, not that Komatsu is uninteresting or that uh, Bonato is uninteresting, but huh, neither of them are Steiner. And I don't want, I don't want a replacement Steiner. I don't. I think he was like, kind of like lightning in, in a bottle, you know? Um, and we were very lucky to have him for as long as we did. But, I don't. I think we were lucky. I don't think Haas was lucky to have him for as yeah. long as they had him. Um, uh, I'm noticing that uh, he's also been laying a ton of groundwork around. Like, just want to let y'all know, uh, Haas is like really far behind right now. <laughs> like we're yeah, we're a, we're yeah. a hot mess. We started our 2024 development super super late and mm-hmm. whatnot. So you know just want to start lowering everybody's expectations all the way into the gutter right about now. Yeah. Yeah. Like they will still be a backmarker team, but they may not be in 10th place next year, but I don't know who is going to take that mantle away from them. Could it be the stake F1 team? Maybe. Um, Oh, I guess the other 
kind of like gossipy. I don't want to call it trash, but like we're we're on the borders of uh, of Johnny's trash corner. Like we're mm-hmm. in the room. Um, we're like having a conversation and like kind of like slowly backing into the trash corner and someone in the conversation's like, Hey, whoa, 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 careful, careful. Don't, don't go all the way into the trash corner. Uh, so this is around the visa cash app, red bulls, uh, or racing bulls or whatever they're going to be called. That's right. Um, That just came out this past week, right? That is their official name. Yeah. And you can never tell because it's in the age of like Twitter and blue ticks are paid for. But apparently, like that was uh, a handle that was was basically reserved by the team formerly known as Alpha Tauri, were were these two specific social media handles, and then it kind of rolled out that that was going to be the official name, uh, which is unfortunate. It's I, I listened to a couple of people kind of reflect on this. In like a in a way that's like oh it's so corny that name sucks everything is hyper commercialized, but then also someone was like oh um, how are they going to identify this car when it's on track like are they going to call it the Cash App Racing Bull like are they going to call it the RB because there's already a car that is an RB. Like, how, like this is getting really, really muddy and messy, and it's not good. Um, what, what are your thoughts on it? Do you have anything, any other concerns other than how corny it is? Um, I mean, it's it's weird, but I mean, again, also, it's like, you know, the the commercialization. I mean, we already have a team that is like, you know, we're the yeah. we are the energy drink that you could purchase at your local retailer team um it is weird that we're now like struggling on how to add like four more brands into (laughs) into that um (sighs) so Yeah. yeah i'm not i'm not sure but i think my guess is that we will call them racing bulls Mm -hmm. which is definitely confusing but i mean we've also had You know, we've had various versions of that over the year. That's uh, true. Over the years with, you know, two Red Bull teams. Um, or everyone's just going to call them Red Bull Junior. Um, yeah. I don't think anyone's going to want to, like, call it out. Like, I can't imagine an announcer excitedly shouting, like, oh, one of the Visa Cash App racing bulls has spun off the track you know yeah 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 just some play-by-play where they're not that's too much it's too much um even like when it was like the the stake what is now the stake f1 team like we were all kind of like wait so what it's going to be the kick team f1 sauber stake and then it was like nope it's just going to be stake f1 uh did hear that a couple of journalists in the UK were just like, yeah, we're just going to refer to them as Sauber because it is a Sauber team. It's just badged with like this like stake and kick and like it and no longer, I guess, um, uh, Alfa Romeo. But yeah, I don't. I don't know. It's it's a weird thing. Like maybe there'll be either like a, a shift in the name because uh the Sauber Kick F1 team steak Taco Bell burrito uh wh- whatever was like, "Oh yeah, they got a ton of blowback on social media." And then they were just like, "Oh no, we're just going to be Steak F1." Just kidding. We're Steak F1. Um so maybe Alpha Tauri or the team formerly known as Alpha Tauri will do the same thing. I'm trying to think of, is there anywhere else in the world where like naming conventions are overly branded like this? The only thing I can think of is like when they did like the golden palace, uh, like temporary body tattoos on boxers. Like that's the only thing I can think of, but like that people didn't change their names. Like there's. 
Like there's yeah. once in a while there's like a fashion brand that does like a uh this is from the Calvin collection by Calvin yeah. Klein as part of yeah. Calvin Klein jeans. Well, it went like, yeah, like, I mean, Tommy Hilfiger is like one of those people where it's like, oh, there's like the Tommy Hilfiger brand. And then it became just like Tommy jeans instead of like saying Tommy Hilfiger jeans, or it was just like Hilfiger. Like, we don't say like Tommy Hilfiger. We just say Hilfiger. Like, maybe that's comparable. Uh, All I can think of is like individuals renaming themselves. Um like uh oh I can't I can't even remember what his original name was, but Chad Ocho Cinco. Um he's like a, he used to play on the Bengals, he's got like gold grills, uh he does a podcast with Shannon Sharp or or not a sure. podcast, but like a call in show. But him or like Meta World Peace. Yeah. Um would be like another one where it's like an individual renames themselves, but I can't think of an entity like that has done that. Yeah. Uh, It's, I mean, you know, there is still gotta be some, I mean, I I get it. Everybody's fighting to get their name out there, but there's gotta be something to like, there being some extra inherent value for all the sponsors involved if the name like rolls off the tongue nicely or is easy yeah. to say, you know, yeah. this is just, it's getting, it's definitely getting a little bizarre to me. Well, well, we were like, uh, it got a little chunky when it was like Patronus Mercedes AMG, right? Like that, like people were like, Ooh, that's like a little weird. Why don't they just call it the Mercedes? Okay. Right? So, like, so now that's a good yeah. point though, because that was, that was in play and that never caused any issue because no one, mm-hmm. like no one hesitated. Everybody was like, well, I'm not going to call it that. I'm just going to call it the Mercedes, the Mercedes F1 yeah. team, or maybe the Mercedes AMG F1 team. Like yeah, that's it. Like yeah. there's just no, there's no confusion there. This team doesn't have a core identity underneath mm-hmm. all of that. Like until you want to be like going back to like what what is it Minardi or or whatnot? You know? Like, yeah. Yep. Yep. But that and that doesn't even, work. So it's like it's yeah. it is like effectively the team with no name, and mm-hmm. they're just desperately trying to attach some vaguely passable name to it. It is, and it's kind. I mean, I, 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 they don't have a unique core uh, at their team. Their core is Red Bull Racing, so it's like, yeah, they don't. They like, yeah, they don't have I, an identity. I, yeah. I mean, again, I'm going to double down, and I think it's just going to be everybody's just going to be blurting out, and the Red Bull Junior car spins off the track. Yeah, yeah, the Red Bull Junior team, or like, yeah. Well, I, I mean, I the thing that like really kind of in reflection was very corny but we got very used to it was calling the the alpha tauri we called them the toro rosso which is just red bull in right. italian so yeah. like it like it's not that it what did we italians were, do during that period i don't know how like, did they that handle must, that yeah like that's a weird thing i think that they just because it was like the Scuderia Toro Rosso. It's like, a, it's so, like a, are you playing football or are you playing football sort of yeah, situation? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's it was a bizarre time, I think, but it did shift enough. Uh, the one team that I can think of that it like really did not work out for was uh, when Force India changed to Racing Point, and like no one could, yeah make that adjustment um so like that's something that now that it's the aston martin like it's no longer the racing point team now it's just like oh aston martin sure even though it is a badged it was at the time it was just a badged mercedes right like literally the pink mercedes um that that has been that's been the only thing that I can think of in recent history where a team basically just doubled down and was like, no, we are racing point. And it's like, are you sure you don't want to come up with like a more clever moniker or like a nickname, or do you want the broadcasters to call you something? So then it literally became the pink Mercedes, which is like, oh, well that's, 
you know, what are we, what are we going to see with the Alpha Tauri team? What are we going to see with these racing bulls? Is this just going to be like you said, where people are just like RB Jr. or whatever? Um, like there, but there needs to be a way to shorten that so that you can efficiently communicate who you're talking about <laughs> versus it's the Visa Cash App Racing Bulls. You know, the, the team fish, formerly the Visa <laughs> Cash App Racing Bull is unable to leave the pit lane because it is jammed up in its own name. <laughs> yeah, yeah, its name. Its name they... is too large for the car to be able to exit the garage, and therefore they are disqualified yes. from the race weekend. Yeah, like I'm trying to imagine, like uh, the 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 cute thing, the kind of thing that uh, aesthetically that we look out for is like, oh, a lot of these teams do like something kind of cool with the the multiple planed rear wing where it's like the DRS flap and the main plane. And like, usually there's like a cool name on the back of there or like Patronus on Mercedes where they're just like, hey, we're just going to put the color yeah. and we're going to put this on the rear wing. And when we activate the DRS, uh, you will no longer be able to tell what's on <laughs> this wing. Um, so maybe th- that's, like, are they going to do that? And like, is it going to have to have like a byline? Like, uh, so when the DRS flap opens up, like it just says like cash app on the top of it. Like, I don't understand. Or it just says like visa across. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. It's going to be a weird, a weird thing. Uh, let's, let's stay in this garage. And they've, let's stay. And, they've, uh, and, and worth noting, they've locked down the Instagram handle of visa cash app RB, which like That's when it. you look at it, it looks like visa cash. Yeah. It literally looks like when you like, uh, when, when someone DMS you and you're like, Oh, you're clearly just like a scam. You're like, a, yes, you're a yeah. scam. Um, yeah, their whole, but I mean, hey, the whole thing is <laughs> kind mean, of a scam. The name of the team is basically like multiple layers of like, send me computer money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Send me computer money. We don't. You don't. You just play, you can Venmo me if you want. Um, oh, just kidding. You can cash app me. Uh, Jesus, literally. Oh, so gross. Um, uh, and we're going to continue the grossness with Alpha Tauri because. That is another story this week that has gained some traction is Zach Brown has like come out again and just been like, hey, Alpha Tauri shouldn't exist. Like they shouldn't exist in their current form. Uh, they are a Red Bull junior team. They are a team that has now like at the end of last year, their shareholders like kind of came together and were like, hey, you know how you guys have been this weird, proud team that refuses to use every component that Red Bull used? Well, we want you to swallow your pride and we basically want you to run the RB19 as your car this year. So Zach Brown has had a huge issue with that, obviously, because that is like, they just got out of the mid pack, right? They just got out of the, you know, yeah. being kind of like compete, like kind of competing with the Alpha Towers, and I think they're happy to have them in their tiny little side view mirrors. Like they don't want to see those cars lining up next to them on the grid or anywhere near them. Uh, and Zach Brown, I think, rightfully is like making a pretty big stink about it um what how do you feel about this john like what do you do, do are you aware of like the details uh kind no, of I, this? this is the first time it's popping up on my radar i mean like i partially get it but i also just i don't know i hate the i hate the layer of formula one where the teams are all just desperate to try and like disqualify each other yeah like yeah. to me, that's just like, I get it. That's the cutthroat nature of where we're at. And yes, if you can eliminate one of your opponents altogether, or make an argument for them being, you know, mm-hmm. just dismantled altogether, that's good for you and, and also for the other competitors as well. But like, is it, is it that good? Like, are we that eager to just be like, Hey, there should be fewer teams in this sport? Like, 
it just seems so like so counter to anything uh remotely close to sportsmanship yeah agreed i mean there there is that element of like ugh. I like that the F1 paddock is so fiercely competitive that like tenths of a second, thousandths of a second can make a difference. And unfortunately, that does kind of permeate out to the, hey, that person's doing something that they're not allowed to do so they can't be on this playground kind of attitude. And it's like, well, I I don't love that. You should be able to just beat people on track and let that kind of stand as your opinion or like your 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 talking point um but the reason why zach brown kind of made a stink about this is because the maximum allotment that you can get from like a a team um that you share components with uh is is being that that's a thing that happens that's like aston martin does that um uh, McLaren last year kind of stepped away from that, which was like a big deal that McLaren kind of stepped away from that. Uh, Williams absolutely does that as well with like every single thing that they can get from Mercedes they use. Now, Haas also does that with Ferrari, right? Like Haas is literally just a rebadged uh, Dallara with like all Ferrari components. So, there, there's definitely a pretty there, there's there's a, a record of this happening pretty regularly in F1 teams. However, the thing that's really kind of like sending up alarm bells with Zach Brown is they are moving like a pretty large component of the Alpha Tauri like aerodynamic team, I think, or maybe like the like engine like the the racing and engineering component uh not like uh like like not the actual like manufacturing but like the conceptual design teams uh are moving from Fianza to Milton Keynes and that Red Bull has expanded their like quote unquote campus and is now like Alpha Tauri's design team is now on the property of Red Bull racing. And people are like, wait a minute. There were systems in place that could monitor communications between teams. If it's like, Oh, Mercedes is communicating with Aston Martin, right? Even though they are two British teams, they don't operate on the same physical space. So like if someone were to go to from McLaren to Mercedes, there would be lit like John, you know, this, when you go into a place that has like a very solid, um, uh, kind of, uh, stewardship of intellectual property, you have to like sign in. There's a record of your like visiting. There's a record oh, God, of like yeah. why yeah, no, you were there's, there. There's, we need to know every single person that's been on the premises for, you know, exactly. X amount of time. And there's insane. Yeah. There's insane multi-layered protocols that all mm-hmm. tie into all of that. Um, but if you're on the same physical space and you go to the gym with someone and it's like, oh, I just used the company gym. Oh, it just so happens that the head of aerodynamic design was on the machine next to me while I was having a conversation with my like engineer about the Red Bull. And this guy was like putting in a set and he just listened to it. He just listened to what we were doing and problem solving. There's no way to monitor that. There's no way to go like, hey, wait a second. In-person conversations can happen, but there needs to be a record of every single conversation that happens. And now that goes away because they're going to be sharing the same physical space. So that's like a big component of like why people are like, wait a minute, wait a minute. We don't love this. Like it feels like Red Bull is starting to like much like a toddler test their boundaries and like really push it right like that's and this goes back to the cost cap violation of like oh whoops we spent money on catering we weren't supposed to oh we're only going to get like a a tiny little fine for that okay well let's see what else we can get away with and I, i just it that's what it feels like to me and i know i'm i'm very biased because i am not a red bull fan 
Uh, so I have like this, like I'm narrow eyed staring at everything <laughs> Red Bull does like, okay, okay. Mm, I don't know if I like that. Um, but I, I, I think that there's something that is actually afoot here. I really do feel like there's like some, some tomfoolery, some shenanigans, maybe even some fuckery happening at, at that Red Bull facility. So, you know, it's, it's weird. It's tricky. It's a tricky thing to go like, you should be able to just beat somebody on merit. But also if they are cheating, if they are like cheating, it's kind of hard to beat someone on merit and not to call Red Bull cheaters or Alpha Towery cheaters. But it's like two people at a card game who are sitting way too close to each other than they can see each other's cards. And it's like, well, yeah, you know, you're not supposed to look at each other's cards, but why don't we just make it so that like you can't look at each other's cards? I don't know. It feels, Mm -hmm. it doesn't feel unreasonable to me. So we'll see. Um, uh, Yeah. 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 It's, I mean, you know, again, a big part of the sport is Mm -hmm. the ingenuity of legal cheating, you know, like that's kind of you know become a huge part of it since the the 90s or i'm sure even before then um Mm -hmm. you know hyper calculated attempts to cheat within the regulations yes yes violate the rules but not violate the regulations like it's like this weird like wait a minute aren't rules the the spirit of the rules but not the the actual text of them um yeah so Yeah, little, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I'm making. I'm making the same face right now. I'm just like, I don't like. Uh, I mean, sort of, maybe, kind of, but I don't like it. Uh, also, Mercedes. Uh, I think Mercedes and Ferrari were both like, oh, whatever. Who cares? Which to me makes immediately. <laughs> I'm like, oh, hey guys, I think maybe you should care. But also, if both of those teams are like, eh, who cares? Then I'm like, huh. Wait a second. If you guys are saying who cares, then maybe maybe there is some maybe there is something here. Like maybe Red Bull is doing something that like uh it's like uh oh what's good for the goose is sauce for the gander. Like yeah, go, uh, sure, sure, why not? Why why the hell not? Uh I'm not going to say they can't do this because if I start to tell you to regulate and govern them, Maybe you cast a glance in my direction and go, wait a minute, you're also doing something a little bit shady. So there's that component too of like the other two like top teams are like, eh, whatever, it's okay. Makes yeah. That, that my spidey sense goes up when when that happens. Um especially because it's Ferrari, especially because it's Mercedes right against red bull and john you and i have been fans of this sport for long enough to remember like red bull's biggest hurdle to overcome even when sebastian vettel was winning multiple world championships was oh they're just a sports strengths team oh they're just a sports strengths team and it's like well yeah they are but they are winning world championships but those comments were always coming from the Mercedes and the Ferrari camp of like oh whatever yeah, yeah they won a championship but they are just a sports strengths team and it's like hmm. yeah so there's there's sports a sports strengths team with a computer money arm yeah oh god um so speaking of money arms I'm doing I'm doing a I'm doing a real real tricky tricky segue here. So, we've got money arms. Money yes. arms uh uh the the main reason why Carlos signs uh is at Ferrari uh is because way back in the day Fernando Alonso got the backing of Santander, uh, a Spanish-backed bank. And that mm. is why the Spanish Grand Prix became so big within the sport was because there was a sense of national pride. There was this sense of, oh, we've got this champion. We've got this bank that is like kind of representative of who we are as a, a nation. Like, um, not to say that like Santander represents the people of Spain, but like 
it is a name that is synonymous with Spain at this point and not in a bad way, which, hey, if you're, you know, if if the former like just normal like, oh, Spain, yeah, they're conquistadors, right? It's like, well, Spain, they're bankers. It's like, okay, well, we'll take bankers. We'll take bankers over conquistadors. Um, so the reason I'm mentioning this is because just after a season where they got rid of that nasty little chicane at the end of the lap on the Barcelona uh, Barcelona circuit, we are now seeing that there is like actual deal making happening with this Madrid street circuit, which means we may lose one of the most iconic modern circuits in F1. Uh, uh, and it's again, another purpose built racetrack being replaced by a street circuit. Um, what are your, what are your thoughts on this? Cause I, I, I'm also in a weird mixed, like, Oh, I don't know if I like it, but I don't know if I hate it, but I don't know if I like it. Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, being the, you know, coming from the guy who has three formula one races in his home country, uh, yeah. I do feel like it's it's almost definite that if they are doing a Grand Prix in Madrid, it is going to cut out Barcelona. Yeah. yeah, um, I would love for that not to be the case. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I mean, like at the same time, F one seems to be going pretty wild with sowing its oats wherever it can and trying to yes fire up as many new races in new locations as possible. Yeah. And I do wonder if the store, if the sport in general is trending away from, we have a calendar that's similar from season to season to like only half of the races will be, you know, on the calendar next season. And we're going to keep bouncing around and exploring new locations, new environments, which also ultimately will mean more street circuits or city circuits. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's a traveling circus element of like circuses circus element. Yeah. It's yeah. getting them closer to, I guess, you know, there, there's an argument that I've heard that I, I don't know, like I don't, I haven't felt it, pan out directly but there's this argument that like when you put a formula one race in the middle of a city or a city center it yeah you know creates significant more awareness for the sport and for the event but i would think that that really only counts for like the immediate population of that specific environment and even yeah. then like you have 50% of a chance of like just annoying them with like, Oh, there's a huge crowd coming to my city. Yeah. Oh, they're shutting down all the streets and whatnot. Yeah. So I don't quite get that part of the argument. I am a little more open minded when it comes to our street circuits automatically inferior to purpose built traditional mm-hmm. racetracks. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I would like to think that, the Vegas track, you know, made for some really interesting, really exciting racing, despite yeah. the fact that even like looking at the track map, you would think like, oh, this is going to be miserable. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of, uh, like I, I don't have that strong or intense take on it aside mm. from the fact that while I consider myself a formula one purist, like, you know, if it means that we're not going to Barcelona in 2025, then like eh, maybe we'll see it again in 26 or 27, you know? Yeah. 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 I, I agree with that, John. Like I would like to see, like, I don't want to see Barcelona go away forever. That said, it would be nice to maybe see what Madrid has to offer in terms of a street track. Like they, you, you, you hit the nail on the head. We've got, we've, we've got Vegas where it was like, everyone was like, Oh, another street track. Oh, it looks so stupid. Oh, it's a night race. Oh, it's disruptive. There's not going to be any racing. There's not going to be any passing. And then the grand prix happens and everyone's like, Oh, well actually it was pretty good. Uh, other than, 
you know, obvious like infrastructure issues that took place earlier in the weekend. But that's, you know, that that's going to happen. Infrastructure stuff is going to happen, especially if you come to a state like Nevada, especially if you go to a city like Las Vegas. There are going to be infrastructure issues that are unforeseen and then have to be dealt with. Uh, I think Madrid kind of offers not a similar challenge, but it is a very old city and it is going to be maybe a little bit tricky to make sure that everything is as it should be in order to maintain the safety of the drivers and the spectators. Uh, So I think that's a major consideration. Uh, But I do look back at like my, one of my favorite races of the season um, is Monaco. Monaco's a street track. Monaco's one of the oldest Grand Prix in the history of the sport. Like it actually, it like it is the longest standing Grand Prix in the history of the sport. So like, if people want to go like street tracks make for terrible racing, look at Monaco. And it's like, well, Monaco was built for smaller cars. It's still a very entertaining weekend. And now we have tracks that have been built for modern cars with modern consideration. And I think that that's not a bad thing. Uh, I mean, I think like Singapore is another great track that like, I love watching that race. I love it. And people love going to that race because it is so not just because of the heat, but because it's a street track at night and like, it's a, it's a tough track to run and it's a really fun track to race. Uh, so I think, I think that that's important to remember. And then also kind of the hybrid version of a street track and a purpose built track is the, the Canadian Grand Prix, right? So like you've got, like, there's a history of not, you know, it like, you know, not to be like, uh, uh, impure, you know, like, oh, uh, non-purpose built tracks are impure, but there is something to be said about like, we don't need the purity of these purpose built facilities. Is Austin an amazing facility? Is it an incredible track? Does it make for incredible racing? Absolutely. Absolutely. It does. But Vegas made for some amazing racing, right? So, uh, but then you've got like Miami, which was like, meh, who cares? Right. Um, uh, so there is, it's a mixed bag. Um, you've got Baku, which is a street track, which has become iconic at this point, um, uh, with those straightaways and with like the castle section, like it, it, there are, there are good things that come from having a race in a city center. And you said awareness, which is a perfect, I think a perfect way of like describing it because it does create awareness in this like, oh my God, there's a traveling circus in town. Well, I should check this out. But also, like you said, 50% of the people who live in that city are like, hey, uh, I just want to go to work. I just want to go to my favorite restaurant. I just want to be able to have like a staycation where I go to an Airbnb or a hotel in my town and it's not unbelievably expensive because we've got like the most opulent people on the planet passing through for 72 hours. Right. So there's like, it's a mixed bag. Um, I'm interested to see it. The track itself looks pretty interesting. Uh, there are some elevation changes. There's like this weird like fountain section, uh, apparently that is going to be like a chicane. So I, I'm interested. I I'm very interested. Um, and there's some, uh, on, on Twitter, uh, Vincenzo, uh, Landino is someone who posts, uh, a whole bunch of amazing, uh, F1 news and kind of like some like, not behind the scenes, but just some like, oh, you know, less than obvious things that happen within the sport. Uh, and he found a picture uh, about uh, there's a Madrid launch party that's happening tomorrow. Uh, and it's happening in Madrid. And it looks as though the signage says it's the F1 Grand Premio de Madrid. So it doesn't sound like this is the Spanish Grand Prix. It sounds like this is the Grand Prix of Madrid, right? So like 
that that also boasts well uh or bodes well for what we're what we're talking about where it's like oh so you're not going to get rid of barcelona we're just going to maybe like have the race in madrid this year then we'll go back to barcelona next year or if madrid goes really really well this year maybe we see madrid and barcelona on the calendar kind of like the you know the oh um the whatever the italian grand prix and the uh primeo uh day ricotta day whatever the uh <laughs> whatever that one is <laughs> the grand the grand parmigiana <laughs> yeah yes yeah picarino romano uh uh grand prix um yeah so i, I think that there's there is evidence from the recent past. There's res- uh, evidence from the not too distant past. And then there's evidence from like the historical founding of the sport that street tracks do work. They present their own challenges, but they do work and they can work and they can be some of the most entertaining races uh, on the calendar. So we'll see. We'll see. Um, also, you've got two Spanish drivers in the sport right now. So it's like, oh, yeah, that's pretty cool that they're going to have a couple, potentially a couple of Spanish Grand Prix, right? So like, yep. uh, yeah, yeah, especially since like the other Grand Prix is in Barcelona, which is in Catalonia. So it's like uh, Madrid is Spain. Barcelona is Catalonia, uh, even though Catalonia is part of Spain it's a different region. It's different, right? Um, it's almost like if you had like a, uh, like a grand prix in Toronto and a grand prix in Montreal, you'd be like, right. well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they're not, that's not the same. They're not the same culturally. They're very different. So we'll see. We'll see. I'm excited for it, but also, you know, a little bit concerned. <sighs> we'll see. Uh, any other news pop up there, Johnny? No, or, or what are we? It's been a pretty quiet week otherwise in F1. I mean, I'll, I'll be keeping my eyes on the horizon. Uh, mm-hmm. Particularly, I feel like we haven't heard anything on Andretti in a little while, aside from you know, yeah. enormous amounts of speculation around what's yeah. happening, around everybody saying, like, all right, Andretti and Haas, you know, get together and let's do this. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm still waiting to hear something a little more concrete on what's happening there and, yeah. and get a better understanding of that. Um, yeah. And yeah, from from there, I'm just eager to uh, start getting into car reveals, which yep. we're only uh, a week or two out from. So yeah. that'll be that'll be starting to fill up our feeds. Um, McLaren this week did reveal a oh, that's delivery. Right. That's right. Which was a, a subtle variation on the past livery. I did see someone do some analysis mm-hmm. where they said, like, you know, if you look at it the right way, the angles at which the orange, you know, uh, sections move across the shape of the car almost perfectly align with the mm-hmm. old school McLaren Marlboro blanding yes. branding of like the Senna era. Yes, they did. Kinda, I looked at cute. that too. Yeah. I was like, Oh, I see the subtle nod here. I do. I but, like this, but man also in that video that they made showing off mm-hmm. their livery, which I I'm pretty sure was like a hundred percent all CGI. And it's yeah. A, it was all, it's all a, renders. Yeah. It's a, yeah. it's a neato, neato video and whatnot. No. But there were a few shots of them showing a car that was just completely 100% papaya orange with oh. no sponsor decals or anything yeah. on it. And just seeing yeah. that, like, that looked, that looked pretty dope. That looked really, looked really, really good. Really, really I nice. would love to see just a like a full-on orange and all orange or all papaya, rather, uh, McLaren. Like, yeah. that would be really cool to see them run that. Or uh, another historic livery at like the you know at the british grand prix potentially um yeah they did get rid of i noticed the one change that like was like 
to me very evident was that they got rid of the golf blue. So like there's no longer that like little blue swoosh anywhere on the McLaren. It's all yeah, just it's basically orange and black, and right? Yeah, yeah. So even though isn't golf still one of their sponsors? Isn't that or or are they not going to be a tight? I mean, probably not. If they got rid of the color, they probably only Either had that a, or they, you know, stepped down a, a tier, you know, they went from, they moved from Visa to Cash App on the, yeah, on yeah. the, the order yeah. of, uh, of oh, everything. God, God, what a nightmare that is. And that's something that I'm really excited to just uh, hop real deep into the trash corner with once the car reveals happen, once the liveries start to get revealed. Uh, and especially once the... Visa Cash App Racing Bowl, <laughs> whatever nonsense. Like what, what? Once that's revealed, I, I'm really excited to see and then just tear apart their livery. All right. Well, what do you think, Johnny? Do you think that the stock went up this week? Do you think it went down? Do you think it plateaued? Where are we at? Total plateau. Completely 100 yeah. percent static this yeah. week. Yeah. And, you know, potentially for the next few weeks until we get some car reveals. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. I think that there was like uh, maybe a little blip. Um, it's like uh, like when like the mortician is, you know, in a horror movie when they're like in the not mortician, but the medical examiner when they're in the morgue and they like, you know, pull a body out of uh, out of the cold storage and then like. They go and like get their tools together to conduct the autopsy or whatever, and then you see like one of the fingers twitch uh, on on the on the corpse, and you're like, "Wait a minute, what was that?" Uh, but then it's like, "Oh no, that was that was actually literally that wasn't anything. That was just that, that, that was just a trick." Um, you're uh, suggesting that Formula One's tendons are contracting due to yes. changes in temperature, basically. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and that was like, <laughs> that's what we're looking at here this week as we saw that McLaren reveal everyone. Like McLaren like wiped their social media ca- like page completely clean and everyone was like, oh, what's going on? And then they just did a CGI render reveal and it was like uh, uh, a CGI uh, livery reveal and was like, oh, uh, uh, mm, okay. Uh, all right. Well, I guess my food's getting cold. So I'm going to go back. I'm going to go back to eating. You let me know if anything like worthwhile yep. shows up. So I think that's going to happen in the next couple of weeks. There will be, there will be some interesting things that trickle out, um, especially around the contract negotiations of Carlos signs. I think that that's going to be a major talking point uh, over the next, probably two and a half to three weeks uh, up until Bahrain testing. We're going to be talking a lot about Carlos signs junior, uh, but also, quick shout out to Carlos Sainz Senior winning, uh, <laughs> winning the Dakar route. Right, he won like the Dakar. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Like he six- won his class yeah. in yeah. in the Dakar Rally. That's absolutely nuts. Yeah, yeah. How at old is he? Sixty two, I think, is how old he. Like, it's like he's over sixty years old and won the most taxing, difficult race on the planet. He he won it in his sixties. Just that is nuts. Yeah, that is I, there, absolutely nuts. Like that's like literally like that's like you know. There's probably there's no, no comparison, John. You're, I'm like John. You're not going to come up with a good comparison. Yeah, like there, there's <laughs> yes. no there's nothing that can be more physically nope. taxing when it comes to racing, and all all racing requires a you know a, a very serious level of oh. athleticism, but like. To be smashing over jumps for hours. Yeah, for day, you know? like more than a day. Like they race day to night or like night to day. Like it's incredible. He, do you know what? Yeah. Do you know what the the gap was that he won it by? No, he well, won. He won his class by over an hour and twenty minutes. Oh my god, that's insane. What? So this dude's bombing through the desert, launching off of dunes in his 60s and winning the hardest race on the planet by over an hour. That is. And there's other, there were some other uh, rally legends in there. Uh, Sebastian Loeb came in third place. Yeah. Much younger driver than him. 
and you know he still blew his doors off like just insane that is banana i didn't know he and, went and down the rest it. of the order uh second third and fourth place are all minutes apart from each other yeah of course of course which is Folks, if you don't know what the Dakar Rally is, you should look it up. Uh, and I, I don't, I don't mean that in like a dismissive way. I mean like you really need to see what this race is about and why John and I are so impressed by <laughs> this man winning it. Like it is, and we're saying it's the hardest race on the planet because it is. They literally race through the desert uh, for like a full day. Like they carry gas cans on their cars because the only things that are like there and able to help them are other racers or helicopters that can't land. Cause like, there's no way to cover this race other than like all aerial views. Cause you just people, it's crazy. It's crazy. Um, all right. Well, formula one, step your game up. Uh, uh, Carlos signs junior. You really got to step your game up. If your dad is winning by over an hour, then you need to be winning more than just one race a season. Please, please, Carlos, show up. Uh, you are royalty within racing. <laughs> you really need yep. – don't get showed up by your dad, even though you've been getting showed up by your dad your whole life. My God. Um, all right, Johnny, where can the folks find you out there in the world? Uh, you can track me down via my home base of johnnymotion.com. Corey, where can the folks find you? They can track me down on CoreyPWillis.com. There's also the old F1 files on Twitter and TikTok, uh, Instagram, and I'm also Burn Corey Burn on all that stuff as well. Folks, we're going to catch up with you next week. Hopefully next week. Full disclosure, I am traveling outside of the country, so uh, things might get a little bit weird with the release schedule next week. But we will catch up with you next week at some point, uh, just like you're going to catch up with us next week at some point. Or at your convenience. It doesn't have to be next week. On the F1 Files.